Hey y'all, this is Culture Soup, where tech, culture, and business collide. It's a podcast that spoons up everything hot from social media. I'm your host, L. Michelle Smith, and each episode, we bring you some of the most notable and not yet notable thought leaders in tech, business, and culture. You know, I was having a, an exchange with some colleagues on Twitter today, and we were discussing the difference between Facebook and Twitter. So as we were chatting it up, the question became, what's the difference between the two? And someone likened Facebook to the place where you find family and old friends and you exchange photos, which is not what you get on Twitter, of course. And I agree. Of course, I've called Facebook the backyard barbecue of the internet. In addition, I think that there are people that just don't get Twitter, but that's another that's another topic for another day. But, you know, one of the things that we see on social media so much, especially on Facebook, and even on Twitter in the right context, is vitriol and things that just aren't positive. So for this episode, I wanted to bring someone on who could talk about the positivity that the social networks can bring us. It's Chris Strubb, and he is all about social media for social good. Everybody, I have Chris Strubb. He is a keynote speaker and author, and I like to say a social media guru that does social media for social good. Hey, Chris. Hi. It's so great to be here. This is such an exciting opportunity. I'm so grateful for your time. Oh, thank you so much for being one of the first guests on the Culture Soup podcast. We're going to get into a lot of interesting topics, but today we're going to talk about the cross-section between social good and social media. So as Culture Soup goes, as everyone knows that I say, social media is Culture Soup. So I checked out the threads today and trending topics on Twitter, and guess what I found? What's that? I found that Chance the Rapper has donated a million dollars to a nonprofit in Chicago for mental illness, which is like amazing. He's doing great work there. What's fascinating about it, okay, the gift is phenomenal. And you know, Chicago is going through some things right now and that money is going to go to good use. But ultimately, what I love to see is almost every day I can find a, a topic around social good that's trending. And I think that's why I really wanted to get you on the line because, Chris, you do a lot of work in social good, but it's at the cross-section of social media. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, you know, I, I think the example that you gave today and all of these recurring examples that we see so often is really a, a great example of what social media should be about, right? That, right. Uh, there are a lot of... Um, there's a lot of bad news, a lot of negativity sometimes on social media. And I love trying to be a voice, uh, not just for the millennial generation, but for so many of these nonprofits um, around the country and around the world uh, that sometimes feel uh, that their message isn't as loud or as amplified as some of the other uh, corporate messages or negative messages that are out there. So, you know, the example that you, you gave today of the, this million dollar donation in Chicago, uh, 
that's perfect. Yeah. You know, it's so wonderful to hear. And, uh, you know, we on social media love to see as well, uh, where those donations go and, and how that sort of money, uh, can, you know, whether it's a million dollars or it's $10 or it's Absolutely. $5 that we could give, um, how that money is, is changing, uh, our lives and changing our culture for right. the better. So the work that you do is really great because I mean, it's one thing to be chance the rapper who's a celebrity and yeah. he can tweet, two or three words and get so much attention. But for a lot of nonprofits that may not have that influencer behind them, they're doing good work every day, but they're trying to be heard. And I think of things like the ALS challenge um, where you had to do the bucket challenge. And I Mm -hmm. think about Movember that happens in November. And these are the exceptions to the rule, wouldn't you say, where they just get a groundswell of attention and they just trend like crazy. Can you talk to me a bit about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think what makes something like the the Ice Bucket Challenge so special uh, is not necessarily that Chance the Rapper or any of these other influencers, as we would say, are out there doing it, but that we all have the opportunity to participate and take part, right? I know I know, I had ice dumped on my head a couple of years ago. Uh, my, my sister took way too much joy in doing that. Um, but this, uh, you know, as you talked about, the democratization, the egalitarian nature of social media, that we can all take part, that we all have a voice. And I, I talk a lot, Michelle, about the uh, 99-1 rule, right, mm. that uh, 90% of the content that we put out there on social media um, is uh, – or 90% of the people that, that see your content on social media uh, won't reply to it. They won't comment. They won't participate. They won't share it out. But that message is really getting out there. Um, something like the Ice Bucket Challenge really gives people that freedom and, and it really makes you feel empowered to want to participate because it's fun. Right. Because it gives your audience a way to really engage with you and to see that, hey, you know, I don't have to be, uh, you know, a multi-platinum rapper to be able to get my voice heard on social media because I can dump a bucket of my uh, of ice on my own head. Right. So. Right. And it, it evokes emotion. It makes you laugh. It makes you smile. And I was speaking to some folks this summer at the NABJ convention, and they were mostly nonprofits and folks that maybe had small budgets. And we talked about the importance of storytelling. And we also talked about the importance of um, evoking emotion. And we talked a bit about the guy that went into the Waffle House and saved some folks because he went after the guy with the gun. And it wasn't so much about the story, which was amazing. It was the fact that he took the opportunity while the moment was right. He was in the, the context of what was happening. And he went online and started a, Go, a GoFundMe right away for the families and raised thousands and thousands of dollars, millions, I believe, you know, for the families through a GoFundMe. And so we talked about how people were moved to give based on the emotion and the timing of this story. That to me is exactly, I think, why we're here in the first place, that Social, you know, these social good stories, um, there are so many of them out there that we've heard. But for every story that that we've heard that's been surfaced to the mainstream, Mm -hmm. so to speak, or into a trending topic, there's hundreds more out there. And, you know, I I talk about a lot of these stories, you know, in my book, 50 States, 100 Days, the book, where I traveled around the country and worked with a different youth-related nonprofit organization. 
in all 50 states. Now, of course, again, as I said, for each story that's told in that book, there's mm -hmm. thousands more out there. And that's why it's so important. And I'm so grateful uh, that you would take a, a, an early interview slot here on the Culture mm -hmm. Soup podcast um, to talk about social good, because we I, I'm always trying to encourage organizations uh, to stop worrying about uh, comparing themselves to uh, these, even the viral campaigns or uh, to some of these influencers and recognize that your voice matters, your message matters. And when you put your voice out there, you never know what sort of virality that message may attain. Right. And I like to share with the nonprofits that they have an, a leg up on some of the corporations because sometimes the journalists see the corporate names coming their way and they think, ooh, commercialism. And for nonprofits, it's a lot different. People want to help. They know that it's gen genuine. You, would you agree? Yeah, no, I think social media is bringing so much more transparency uh, to our culture, right, that uh, we, we, I talk so often about how America is the greatest country in the world, right, but um, what we're starting to see through social media from both the positives and the negative side is that when the negativity uh, is surfaced, it at least gives us an opportunity to address it and to, uh, to bring uh, that positivity back to these areas. Uh, again, that the Waffle House shooting was one of the worst tragedies in recent memory. Mm -hmm. um, but now we're on here on a podcast talking about all the positivity. Uh, it sort of entered into a vacuum, you know, because there is so much good out there and we're able to amplify and multiply that by coming together uh, in communities uh, through Twitter, through Facebook, through whatever channel you want to talk about. Um, it really allows us to demonstrate the good within all of our collective hearts. You know what? Let's talk about what it is exactly that you do with nonprofits. Yeah, you know, so you talked uh, at the outset again about Chance, you know, making a, a million dollar donation. I was really blessed a couple weeks ago to be down in Louisville, Kentucky uh, for a, uh, a giving day. It's called Give for Good Louisville, um, where in a 24 hour span, uh, this Community Foundation of Louisville was able to help raise more than $5.4 million in 24 hours. And all of those donations are made online, and those donations uh, are split up between 550 participating nonprofits in Louisville. So mm -hmm. there are giving days all around the country. I'm really excited to be working. Uh, actually, right after this podcast comes out, I'll be heading down to San Antonio to help them with their giving day with several hundred awesome. nonprofits in that area. And we're working on a few other cities for next year. But, you know, Michelle, my, my role really is to, you know, I know we're not on video right now, but to take this microphone that I have in my hand mm -hmm. and get it in front of these causes, get it in front of the people um, that sometimes feel like they don't have a means of sharing their story. That's kind of been my modus operandi. That's sort of been my driving force in my life over the last few years. And I'm so blessed to be able to share this stage with you uh, to be able to continue to amplify those voices um, around the country uh, that really need it the most. Well, it's a blessing for me, too. And since we're talking about blessings, let's talk about what drives you, Chris. What, what motivates you and inspires you to help people in this way? I think having uh, been able to travel around the country and meet in person with a lot of the uh, you know, the little circular avatars and the, the people that you, you connect with on social media, the more time, and Michelle, you've spent a ton of time at different conferences and sure. making these real life connections as well. That's really where it hits you in the feels, 
right? When you're able to get out and meet the people who, who say that they're positively impacted by the work that you do, that really drives you and, and makes you want to keep going. And, you know, there are people uh, around the country, there are people that I've never met who tell me that they carry a copy of my book in their purse, or mm-hmm. they carry a copy of my book with them in their book pack, uh, their, their backpack. Um, that's incredible. It is. You know, and, and, and we get so caught up in the numbers, we get so caught up in the multiplication and the, you know, KPIs. Uh, how many followers do the KPIs, <laughs> right? right? There, is, there are multiple people around the world who look to my work to keep them going. And so every time I do a podcast, every time I do a live stream, every time I press a button on social media, I think about those people. And I, re- I recognize that maybe this podcast introduces me to another one of those people who needs that positivity in their heart for whatever reason. That's what drives me every single day, That's Michelle. Amazing. And it's, 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 it's exciting. That's awesome. So great segue to talk about your book, 50 States, 100 Days. So you did a lot of what you're talking about over that course in time, but explain this to people who may not be familiar with your book. What, is, what yeah. did you do? Well, thank you. Uh, 50 States, 100 Days. Uh, this was the summer of 2015. I quit my job managing a pizzeria in South Carolina, which sounds crazy, <laughs> um, to take a solo road trip, unsponsored, to all 50 United States in 100 days. I drove a 2007 Honda Accord, which I still have out in the driveway now. Wow. And uh, it was about a 15,000-mile journey, and I used live streaming and Snapchat to tell the stories of each organization along the way. And uh, I really just, Michelle, I had a lot of faith in this idea. Mm-hmm. And so the uh, the fact that I couldn't find a sponsor or the fact that uh, you know I, I almost broke down emotionally, mentally, financially throughout the trip, when you have a strong, deep-rooted belief in the idea that you have mm-hmm. and you pursue that to by any means necessary... Mm-hmm. Um, it really drives you to continue on and to push through. And over the last few years, this trip has really become sort of a a, a bit of a cultural phenomenon, right? Yeah. So there's the book. Uh, we just released 50 States, 100 Days, the film, which got commissioned by wow. a company in, yeah, in Indianapolis. So we're discussing dates to debut that domestically, but we showed it last week in the United Kingdom. Awesome. Uh, so... But most importantly, Michelle, it's about the community that has developed around this project, that there are dozens of people that have done video reviews of the book. There's Facebook groups. um, There's Twitter communities uh, that the book on the cover says it's a heartfelt hug for humanity. And Mm -hmm. I think in 2018, I think we could all use a heartfelt hug. Oh, isn't Um, that the truth? And so so that's that's really how I look at the the trip now is – it's a great way to warm your heart, you know, over maybe a, a glass of rosé on a, <laughs> a, a, a chilly winter evening. Right. Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's an inspiring story, and uh, it tells the story, again, as we've been talking about, of a lot of those organizations that might not feel empowered to be sharing their stories themselves. Right. So it was a labor of love. That's what it sounds like. And you talked about some of the hardships that you came across during your trip, and in fact, in your media kit, you, you said, despite the wrinkles, you used that term. So, so tell me a story of when things just seemed like the wheels were falling off the wagon, but you pushed through. Man, I, I don't know how, we're getting, how deep we're, we're going to get here on a Friday night, Michelle. Um, <laughs> Where's that rosé? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? 
State 13 was New Mexico. Um, it's a long, long drive from Austin, Texas to Las Cruces, New Mexico. Mm. Um, this was hot. It's the beginning of June. Um, I was very, very stressed out. You know, the idea of not having a sponsor for this trip was weighing heavily on me. Um, yeah, I mean, imagine driving around the country and and not having any sort of income, Mm -hmm. but, but having this, this deep rooted belief in, in what you're doing. And that was really the, the one moment, Michelle, when I thought that I couldn't do it. Um, you know, I wanted to turn around, I wanted to give it up. And, uh, I looked myself in the mirror and, uh, I said, Chris, how how do you want to be remembered? You know, do you want to be the 13 States in 22 days guy? Mm. You know, like nobody, nobody remembers that. Nobody remembers the, the guy who comes in second place. And, uh, so I decided right then that no matter what the consequences would be on my body, on my wallet, on my car, uh, that I was going to complete this trip uh, by any means necessary. And uh, so I did. I kept going. I had it headed west to Arizona, to California. Um, did you have people helping you? Like when, did, when you ran out of gas, ran out of money, what did you do? Um, well, I had a number of credit cards okay. um, that uh, I exhausted um, fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but really Michelle, this, this project was, uh, would not have been possible without the support of the, uh, the social media community as we've been talking about, right? The support that you can get from other people, you know, your listeners, people on Twitter, people on Facebook. Um, it's those individual messages, those DMS that say, dude, this project is unbelievable. Like you got to keep going. You got to finish this. And yeah, I mean, a couple of people sent me, you know, $10, $20 here or there, but, uh, really this project I look at as almost, uh, an investment. I know we're both very proud of our alma maters and our education. Uh, you know, I'm here in New York. I know you're down in Texas. Um, I feel like I have a, a, a graduate degree now in cross country nonprofit, social media live streaming, uh, you know, so a PhD, <laughs> a, a PhD, right? Yeah. Like you, you, I, I always tell myself, Michelle, Chris, you can always make more money. You can't make more time, right? You, you can always make more money. You can't, you cannot make more time. And so for me to have completed this trip, the timing of it was very special because I completed it two days before my 30th birthday. So I could always get away with saying, okay, this is something you do in your twenties. You couldn't get away with this in your thirties, <laughs> right? you know? So um, I, I, I value experiences and I value time a lot more than I value money. And that maybe has caused me some financial strife over the last few years. But I, I think that the experiences that I've been blessed to have, um, including meeting you, uh, through our good pal, Ted Rubin at an event a couple of yeah. years ago, um, you know, that would have never happened if I didn't take this, this crazy so-called leap into, really, truly believing in what I do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as the world continues to turn, um, I hope that my story inspires others to want to follow their dreams and, and to believe in what they can accomplish as well. Well, you inspire me, Chris, and I have to tell the story of how we met. You just mentioned it a bit, but I was in New York and I was at Spotify headquarters and I was on for a brand innovators to keynote to talk about inclusion marketing and what people can do in diversity um, in marketing to reach more people and broaden their reach with changing demographics. And I had no idea that you were in the audience 
and at the end you were sitting kind of in the cafe with your book and you chased me down <laughs> and I did. you I did. told me all sorts of wonderful things that were just too kind and we've just been friends ever since you gave me your book and I just felt like you were a very, very special human being. And I didn't want to lose that contact. And, you know, uh, relationships have driven me from the very beginning of my career, whether it was working at a global agency or running an agency on my own to work into a large corporation. Those relationships have gotten me through so much and they've blessed me along the way. So you've been one of those people, Chris. That is incredibly sweet. And you know, Michelle, I, I, I come from a journalism background. I'm very proud of, you know, having worked for a newspaper for, for a number of years. Uh, for me, I, I like to say that my number, my number one skill is identifying the story and identifying the magic, identifying what interests people. Uh, I tell you what, I'm sitting in the crowd at that event there in New York city. And, uh, it was very, very clear to me and to everybody else in the audience there that you are, you are a star. Oh. You know, that you just, you exude this energy. And I think anybody who's had a chance to see you speak uh, before then at that event or since would agree with me that uh, you are just on this path to super duper stardom. <laughs> and when you call and you say, hey, Chris, I'd love to have you uh, as, a, as an early on guest in your podcast, um, we're going to look back at this evening, <laughs> years from now, and... You know, when you're the next uh, Oprah Winfrey out oh, there, know you know, we're going to break out the rosé. That's for sure. <laughs> bag, like in all seriousness. Yeah. Um, and again, I, I don't mean to be a sycophant, but I do think you're one of the, the most talented speakers I've ever seen. Oh, wow. And I am just so, so grateful uh, to have spent uh, some time chatting here with you. And you know what, Michelle, I think we should do this again sometime. Yes, we, we are going to do it again. We could chat all night for sure. Maybe totally. next time we break out the rosé. Um, yeah. But this has been this has been absolutely wonderful. Well, you are just too kind, Chris, and everybody. That's Chris Strub, and he is the author of Fifty States in a Hundred Days. You need to pick that up. It's available where? Oh, it's on Amazon um, yes. around the world. Or you DM me, and I'll get you a signed copy, like I did for Michelle. There you go. And so he is at Instagram at Chris Strub and Twitter at Chris Strub. And where I've else? Been, I've been known to tweet once or twice in my day. Just a couple. And <laughs> um, I got to put this in for him. He makes the most amazing IG stories. And I think you have a course on it, right? I do have a course. Uh, it is learnigstories.com. I appreciate the plug. Um, so if you want to jump in, check out my Instagram stories and then learn how to do it yourself. Uh, it's learnigstories.com. I'll have to come up with a little discount code. Well, let's, yeah, we'll, we'll put this. We'll put this in there. How about you use the discount code Culture Soup? Oh, perfect! And save a bunch of money. I'll go make that discount code right now. Special for your listeners, Yay! Michelle. How about that? Did y'all hear that? Use the code Culture Soup at learn learnigstories.com. There you go, learnigstories.com. Chris, thank you so much for joining us. You are a pleasure. And you know what? Thank you for helping everybody out there. These nonprofits probably just adore you. Michelle, this has been a joy. Always a, always a pleasure to chat with someone down in Dallas. I'd say, let's go Cowboys. Oh, and, uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that on another podcast. Well, <laughs> she's in Dallas. It's okay. I, go I Frogs. You. Go TCU. I, I, I see you. I see you. <laughs> Michelle, thank go you so Cowboys. much. Ah, there you go. <laughs> thank you, Chris. Have a good one. <laughs> 
Talk soon. All right. Well, that was an awesome conversation with Chris Strub. I want you to follow us on Instagram and Twitter, both at The Culture Soup, or you can go to theculturesoup.com. Tell a friend to follow us and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. On our next episode, we will have pop culture journalist Jared Hill. You know the guy. He busted Melania for plagiarizing Michelle Obama. That's right. Until next time, bye-bye. The Culture Soup Podcast is a production of No Silos Communications.